Welcome to Beer Life. My name is Jordan Foss, and alongside me is our producer, Kevin Wood. Um, on today's show, we have Adam Crandall from Moody Ales in Port Moody, BC. Adam and I are going to talk about uh, his ever-changing beer lineup and how many formats all of his beers are in, uh, and his new project, uh, The Bakery on Brewers Row. So here we go with episode four of Beer Life. Um, with us today is a guy that came in on a new motorcycle, so let's talk about that first. Um, his name is Adam Crandall, and he's one of the owners of Moody Ales in Port Moody, BC. What's the deal with the motorcycle? Um, midlife crisis. <laughs> I always wanted one. Yeah. It was good timing. And it's been, you haven't fallen off of it yet? Not yet. We'll see how it goes getting out of the parking lot. Do you have to wear an orange safety vest? I probably should. Do you, so when you, okay, I had a real question. When you get a motorcycle license, like, cause when you get a car license now, yeah. you have to get a, like a new driver sticker. Yeah. Do you get one of those? No, only if you don't have a license at all. But because I've been driving for longer than most people listening have been alive, yeah. I, I don't have to, I just get to get on the bike. Let's not get carried away saying that people are listening. <laughs> Um, Good point. <laughs> so they will listen. They will listen. Um, Adam is, uh, like I said earlier, is one of the owners of Moody Ales. Um, so like I ask everybody, why leave what was probably a pretty good paying job to open a brewery? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, my business partner, Dan, and I both worked at the same uh, IT consulting firm. Um, and I'd been there like seven years. I was in a leadership position. Uh, great company. Tons of great people still friends with most of them um and it was i had just kind of reached the end of my growth there there wasn't i wasn't sure what the next step was and i um didn't want to become a partner which was kind of the next step and i've always wanted to have my own business and i kind of looked at for me a big part of it is i i was homebrewing and really getting into that um and i was like how do i just be part of craft beer we had, we went down to the oregon brewers festival and we came back, we we're on the train, probably drinking, and um, we're like, how do we get to like go to festivals for free? We should just start like a little company that's in craft beer. And we're like, oh, we should start a brewery. And I'm like, laughed it off. No, that's, that seems like a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and then I couldn't shake it. And like two weeks later, I called Dan over to my house. I'm like, dude, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm, I'm going to start a brewery. And, and Dan was working with you at the time at the IT. What's, yeah, what was we were, he doing at the IT firm? So he was in sales. Yeah, uh, we both started there as software developers. Um, he was in sales. I was in like resource management and hiring and that kind of thing. Yeah. So you're good at firing people. Uh, I didn't have to do it often there. So you're good at hiring people then. Yeah. Excellent. And so, <laughs> so you and Dan, you guys were you guys homebrewed together, or you homebrewed, and then Dan came in to help you. Yeah, I was homebrewing. But my buddy Steve actually got me into homebrewing a couple of years before. We both had uh, young kids, and there was not you know you're sitting at home on a Friday night, and his wife worked a lot of nights, and so did mine, and so we were like we would just sit around, put the kids to bed, drink beer, and make beer till like one in the morning, and that's what we did. So did the beer suck because you guys were drunk by the time it was finished? Um, it was good enough to drink. Yeah. <laughs> I always remember that, like, Jamie and I, my business partner at Steel and Oak, when we used to homebrew and talk about the idea of opening a brewery, um, we'd always, because it takes so long, you just have so many beers that by the end of it, I couldn't remember what the hop additions yeah. were. And then we just chuck a bunch of stuff in it. And then we were like, we should probably get a professional brewer <laughs> to, come, to come and do this for us if we can't make it through a brew. Um, okay, so you and Dan talk about the idea. You talked Dan into leaving his job, or was he... I just said, I'm going to do this, and I would like a business partner, and he was the guy that I 
was hoping would do it and he uh he was like yeah i'm in so then he somehow talked his wife erica into it um and then yeah we did it we spent it was like august july august 2013 um we then spent every morning at like 6 a.m at starbucks before work and every night writing a business plan um to try to get money from the bank yeah um and then uh, in december so my company it was uh like oil had just like taken a dive and we did a lot of work in the Alberta uh, with large, large oil companies Yeah, and the work started drying up and things weren't going so well. And because of my position there, I knew we were about to lay off a bunch of people and we weren't ready to quit yet. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of like December 27th or something. And I'm, I called Dan. I'm like, dude, I I can't really tell you what's going on, but we got to make a decision when we get back, you know, January 2nd. Yeah. Um, so we went in together and told our boss that actually all we said was, first of all, Dan's like, you do the talking. And I'm like, okay. But if you know, Dan, as soon as we got in the room, he just started, started talking, talking. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, Kat, uh, we got something to tell you. And she looked at us. She's like, you're quitting. And she's like, you're both quitting. And then she's like, you're, you're quitting and starting a brewery. Oh shit. <laughs> so she knew, she knew because we always brought like we, anytime there's a party, we would bring kegs of beer in like 150 yeah. liters of beer and so she kind of put it together pretty quick and then she started bawling so it was uh, and then we started bawling it was yeah sounds you great. cried sounds you're an emotional, emotional guy yeah. I know that about I you I cry sometimes is that why it's called moody ales <laughs> no but that would have been a good story oh <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny so you talk about you quitting your job and I remember when I quit mine to to do steel milk it was in December it would have been the same time it would have been in December of 2013 and um and I, same thing, like my, we didn't bring beer to my boss, but he knew right away as yeah. soon as I said that I was leaving because I started talking about craft beer a lot. And, and he's like, you're going to try and open a brewery, aren't you? I'm like, yep. And he's like, <laughs> okay, well, you know, which is great. I mean, it's, it's, you know, and I think people are naturally, you know, you're not going to a competitor. You're just doing something that sounds awesome. Yeah. And, and, um, and I mean, he was really happy. I didn't cry because I was happy to get out of there, but it, <laughs> you know, not that it was did, a bad job. Did he cry? No, definitely did not. <laughs> That's probably why, because he, he didn't definitely did not cry. To crying, so. yeah. He did not cry. There, yeah. there were a lot of tears. Uh, so, so you guys are crying. Yeah, and then so they were all very supportive, and yeah. then we told you know everyone in the company, like it kind of, they all figured it out within about an hour, and uh, we gave four weeks' notice. We had no bank loan, no money, no brewer, no location. So then four weeks are up and you have no money coming in personally. So how do you, how do you make all that happen in four weeks or did you just survive while you were trying to get everything together? Yeah, we both had some savings and part of the business plan was paying ourselves. Yeah. And now we were like, we were going to be unemployed. So there's nothing else to do, but yeah. open a brewery. So we found a location within that month, had the lease signed after. Yeah. Um, but the Friday, like the Friday, that was our last day. We had a big party at, at Habanero, my old company. Yeah. Um, obviously a bunch of kegs. Yeah. Um, and a lot of crying. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You're an important guy. That's that many people crying. That's great. We're all really close. Um, That's awesome. And then uh, we still had nothing. And then on the Monday morning, uh, our banker from Scotia called and was like, yeah, so good news. You've been approved for, you know, the $300,000 or $400,000. small business financing loan? Or, yeah. yeah. And so that was a good first day of unemployment. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. It was, it all kind of fell together after that. 
So then you got the location, and um, I mean, you guys opened around the same time that we did, and so um, as far as the build-out goes, did you guys do it mostly yourself? Were you guys hire contractors, or how did it all get pieced together? Yeah, Dan and I basically played the role of general contractor. We were there every day for about 14 hours a day, uh, digging holes. We did like we did everything. We knew exactly, we knew every inch of that place. Yeah. Um, and then we all, we had a lot of friends that helped us. Uh, my grandfather's an architect. He actually came and helped. Like uh, he spent a whole weekend building the floor. If you're ever at Moody Ales, there's like that raised floor where yep. the bar is. Yeah, my, I almost killed my grandpa <laughs> work, overworking him. Thanks, grandpa. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, and and uh, you're old, so he must be really old. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to ask him one day. <laughs> he, he was he's in pretty good shape though. But That's good. Yeah. So we did all of that. Um, and then uh, we Dan Dan was going to brew, so yeah. and then I was going to work in the tasting room. We thought we might have like three staff. Yeah. yeah. And now, how many staff do you have? Thirty-one. Yeah. Um, You're no Josh Vanderhyde from Fieldhouse. <laughs> he has like fifty-five staff. I know. Well, he has a basically a restaurant too, right? Yeah. No, that's we, true. We don't do that. Um, yeah. So the build-out was crazy. Being being able to be there every day, like yeah. I think it was the same for you guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. You'd be like, wait, what are you doing? Like, that doesn't go there. That's not the way. And you could catch stuff before it was done or too late. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was exhausting. But it's fun, though. Like, I almost forget about it, like, in, yeah. in a sense. Like, I, I had quit my job in December, and then we started paying me in January. But then we also hired our, our head brewer early. So Peter, our original brewer, is also on salary. Right. And then my business partner, Jamie, as you know, is a real estate agent. So he works for himself. So and he was kind of the general contractor. It's actually what he really likes doing. And uh, but it was fun because like you, you know, yeah. you, you piece it together and you, um, you know, you make you, mis- you make mistakes, but you laugh about it. And then but yeah, you actually have a real good idea of how everything works and you can remember where things are. And now I know I'm like, oh, shit, I should have taken a photo of these things yeah. right we're like i need to add more drainage where does that line yeah. go again <laughs> oh if i just taken photos we would have been fine right so we took those pictures yeah you're much smarter <laughs> than i am um so you've you're going through the construction did you already have it named moody ales before then or or so and, and the name seems obvious but was it obvious no, so no like we had we had so many names um I, I have a picture like i had a blog like we all did we all had blogs back i then. didn't we have a blog it. i had a blog <laughs> i know you did kevin yeah. um <laughs> there's this picture of my notebook with just names like name after name after name most of them really bad um but we had said we were like okay we're gonna do like the park right across the street is rocky yeah. point park so we're, like, we're gonna do rocky point brewing and we were ready to go and we were actually in uh, denver for the craft brewers conference with, yeah we with were there guys. with you guys yeah, yeah. so uh, which is funny because Dan, he asked him now, he was like, I feel like such an imposter. We don't even have a brewery. Yeah. Like, you guys are all like. I felt the same way. Well, yeah. Well, And now I look at all those people. It says brewery and planning on their tag. I'm like, you fucking imposter. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so I just yeah. want, I, I want to say, oh, man, you have so much hope so, right now. Yeah, oh. like, what are you doing? Why? <laughs> um, yeah. So we d- we're like, well, I will have it. Oh, I remember it was like. I was like, shit, we need hop contracts. Like I was at the conference mm-hmm. and people were like, gotta get hop contracts. That's when you couldn't find hops anywhere. Yeah. Now they're like everywhere. They're just spilling out of warehouses everywhere. <laughs> um, and um, so I was like, well, we can't get hop contracts so we don't have a company. Yeah. Like, that's step one. So we're like, called, the, called our lawyer um, and we're like, okay, Rocky Point Brewing, let's get this going. And he calls me back a few hours later. He's like, uh, problem with that. Uh, somebody else already registered it. Mm-hmm. Oh. And we're like, what the hell? Yeah. Like who? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and so we were like, well, you know, maybe this is a good thing. So that's when we somehow landed on Moody Ales. We were like, like we were like, well, it, you know, it works in Port Moody. It works elsewhere as well. Yeah. yeah. We're kind of moody. Why not Moody <laughs> Ales and Loggers? <laughs> I don't know. Seems really long. Because you guys make Vienna Lager now. Do you ever, did you ever think about that? Yeah, yeah, we like, totally did. We were yeah. just, ah, oh, well, what the, you know. But it's kind of like, Moody Ales is actually, if you look at like brewery names, I mean, it's, it is, it's unique in the sense that it's not, you know, Moody Brewing Company or Moody, yeah. you know, so Moody Ales kind of does have like yeah, a bit of a, a, a ring, ring to, it. to it. So Yeah, and, and yes, we did consider Moody Brews. Yeah. Because people always ask us that. Yeah. And uh, no. Yeah, that seems like, yeah. Was a lot. We actually tested it. We did a bunch of like market, market testing. And um, people either like the Moody Blues or they don't. Yeah. And so we just don't oh. want to. When you're, when you're making a joke, <laughs> it's very specific, right? Yeah. Because yeah. then, you know, some people are like, oh, that's cute. I like that. But then I think. It would have got old. Yeah. It gets old fast. And the other half are like, that seems stupid. Do those yeah. guys not take what they're doing seriously exactly. either? Yeah. My, uh, my two cousins as children would have really liked it. I have these two cousins that were obsessed with the Moody Blues and it was super weird. <laughs> that <laughs> makes you sound old too, Kevin. The Moody Blues? No, like they were already old band oh, okay. these are like small children though they were yeah. just like they loved knights in white satin and i'm like i That's was a like weird song <laughs> yeah, to love for I, know, children. And I, I was always like uh sure guys whatever this is weird. <laughs> Anyways. and then you went and put your metal shirt on and listened to Slipknot well i was more of like a grunge kid back then yeah yeah i got taste got heavier as I got <laughs> did you have a chain wallet sure did did oh, you yeah. have a chain wallet Hell studded no. belt no too. Studded, I had a studded belt, too. Mm. I had a lot of plaid. Seems like a bit of a poser move. It was. <laughs> I was a total poser, actually, in elementary school. I remember that. Like, it was like, uh, I mean, it was, I'm 36 in a week. Um, although, when this airs, I'll already be 36. Hey, there you go. Well, happy um, birthday. Thank you. Yes, happy birthday. And um, so, I mean, growing up in the 90s, I remember I had like a No, no Fear t-shirt and a wallet and a No Fear wallet with a chain on it yeah. and a studded belt. Yeah, and a West Beach hoodie I'd wear over top oh, of it. Yeah. Wow, I'm not surprised at all. No, no, nice. I never even skateboarded. No. <laughs> I yeah. I did skateboard. I was horrible, but yeah. I I had one and I carried it around a lot. And yeah, uh, I could do an ollie. That's, that's pretty much it. I couldn't even do an ollie, but yeah. I did have a skateboard and I carried it around a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like a, you know, it was a cool look. I have a longboard now, and I find for a guy of my age and my fitness level, longboard's great. Yeah, especially with the boardwalk right beside our brewery here. Cruising, you can just kind of cruise, and it's nice, and you yeah. feel you feel neat. And you can I eat mean, ice cream while you're doing it. I guess you feel cool. Right? Neat is probably not. Yeah, and I do eat, I can eat ice cream. Yeah. Since you use the word neat, you're not, not cool. Yeah, I know. You're probably right. There's this, this guy crushing a two-scoop ice cream cone on his longboard. Did you put Jude, Jude on the front? No, I don't put my, my son Jude on the front. That would mess things up. I would definitely fall off. Um, uh, okay, so you've got the name. Um, you're going through construction. And then what was the date you guys opened? October 14th technically okay yeah yeah and then you open the doors and do people flood through or how how was that whole process yeah so um we had a 30 person occupancy uh and no lounge license so we can only serve 12 like what was it 12 ounces, 12 ounces a day per person per day yeah. we definitely didn't follow that rule <laughs> Um, we'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah, the first day, I, I was blown away. Like, Obviously, the whole city came out and supported us. Were, you guys, were you guys first on the street? No, we were second. second? Oh, yeah, uh, Yellow Dog. Mike Yellow Dog opened okay. first about two, three months close, before yeah, us. Yeah. Three months, okay. I think. Um, and then we opened, and yeah, we were packed. And then the next day, that was a Friday, I think. Yeah. Next day was pretty busy, and 
I don't, so that first month, our entire sales were about 25% of what we do in the lounge now in yeah. a month. And we were like, this is awesome. Yeah. yeah. We're doing way better than we thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I remember doing like some accounting at the end of the month going, oh, how are we, this isn't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized this now. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but yeah, we didn't do any packaging or anything when we first opened. Um, just the lounge. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, um, and then you did some draft sales and stuff like that, or were you just Yeah, only- we did some draft sales. We hand-bottled bombers for a long time. That started December. We got them out and ready in time for Christmas. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then now looking back, you're like, what an inefficient way to, to operate. I yeah. Guess. But, I mean, you make yeah. it work with the money that you have at that point. In time, yeah, right? we had no money. So my buddy Steve built us a hand labeler. Yeah. Um, and we had it we built our own like hand bottle filler like counter pressure bottle filler for a couple hundred bucks um and we filled a lot of bottles so roxanne who's now uh the head brewer at our new at our new place she probably did a hundred we figure a hundred thousand bottles on that thing wow wow which is insane like if you saw it's you're doing on a good day 60 cases Mm -hmm. wow so 700 odd bottles yeah wow yeah which isn't a lot no no we would package them and then sell them all yeah right away huh that's good well that's and you guys then you guys got your own uh bottle filler shortly thereafter like you have and a six head mahine or yeah, yeah it was like a year year and a bit in yeah. yeah and then now and now you have two packaging lines and you package in all the formats yeah we try to package in every available format <laughs> just to make uh, your life harder <laughs> yeah we've been actually cutting some out oh really what have you cut out well it's just cutting beers out of certain formats that aren't you know, moving yeah. that format. So when we first opened, it was great. Like we had, so we, we, we brought the, the crowler, the nine, yep. the one liter cans. We brought those yep. to Canada, which was a lot of fun. Um, and at first we were just filling them on demand. Um, but the tasting room was so busy. It just, it wasn't working. It was messy. And, um, people were just, they just wanted to grab it and go. go yeah. So we started pre-filling them. Um, and so we had all our beers in that, all our beers in bombers. Yeah. Uh, and that was fine then because, we couldn't package very much. We just sold it all. Yeah. But like, as you get more efficient, if a packaging format's doing the same as it was before, but it's a ton of work, you just, maybe we won't put Blondale in bombers anymore. Yeah. Cause yeah. nobody wants it. So with, uh, with the, your lineup now, <clears throat> um, you have how many flagship beers? Um, yeah. So technically, yeah, <laughs> I think we have five or six. I can't keep track. But then we've got, so we've started, as you, I mean, you probably noticed in yeah. the market. I don't know, maybe have you noticed this? Like, people like to buy, like, beer that isn't a flagship. Yes, I have uh, noticed that. <laughs> I have noticed that. <laughs> and uh, so we, we fought it for the longest time. Um, and then we were like, well, we could put a, a pretty good beer in a can with a cool label. Yeah. See if that works. And we did. <laughs> and it worked. And But what we've done is anything that kind of took off like that, we keep making it. Yeah. And so... Uh, they're not flagships, even though we make them year round or yeah, mostly year right. round. But as soon as with those beers, as soon as the trend is gone, you cut it. we're gone. We're done. We're right. we'll, we'll pick up on the next trend. Do you find that, do you think that makes it hard to get like market traction long term? Well, it hasn't like, so those beers for us right now are like our huge citrus, boss juice and like our lavender sour yeah. and they're doing really well. And like two of those beers have been out for over a year and yeah. they still, we still, still run out sell. all the time. Yeah. So, um, but 
you know, I have this, I personally have this feeling sometime in the next, you know, one to 24 months that the hazy beer thing will start to really slow down. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there'll be some new trend and that's when we'll ramp it down and we'll ramp the next thing up. Right. I, like, I don't know, like I find, I noticed that, um, the, the beer trends almost like there's, there's the trends that are flash in the pan, but then there's the trends that, that, that have more you know elongated yeah and that seems like the the hazy ipa and even sours right like yeah. a couple of years ago it was like year of the sour but everyone still wants sours and different degrees of sours so like but if you look to like the u.s market like i don't know the hazy beers seem to have stuck around for yeah. for a while so i'm almost thinking like i don't know but you know you're gonna see more new trends but some of those trends might just like like how many breweries have added a hazy pale ale or a hazy ipa to their flagship lineup totally. all, all of them except for steel and oak basically. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah right now yeah. but hey Currently. we started making ipas and yeah. man people like them apparently yeah. they do yeah they do like i don't them think IPAs. they're gonna go away i just think it you just like not like as, yeah. yeah yeah i just think it'll i personally think it'll slow down a bit um right. I, I agree people, i really i really want the like like west like traditional west coast ipa yeah. to come back yeah. that's what got me into craft beer um, remember when everyone was trying to do like 140 IBU beers? Yes. Yeah. 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 I always remember so that one. Who was the, I think it was <laughs> Parallel 49 had that 187 one, which they claimed was 187 IBUs. Yeah. yeah. But I was supposed to be like, you drink it and be like, I don't know if that's <laughs> yeah. possible. Yeah. I wonder if like, I mean, you talk about, I, I always think with, well, like with Steel and Oak anyways, like we're selling our flagship beers to different market. Yeah. Right. Like I, you know, we have the, um, the BCLDB listing for Royal City Ale and, that is definitely not the same customer that buys, um, you know, subtropic IPA. Yeah. And, but, uh, you know, getting growth in that, that Royal City Ale market is always a bit more, it's the long game, yeah. right? You're like, oh, can I grow this by 2%, you know? And it's, yeah. which is kind of frustrating, you know, based on the size of our business. We're like, well, you could get quicker growth by just releasing, you know, a limited release IPA every month. Yeah. Um, but is that going to be the long-term play, right? right? You know, and I, yeah, if you do that, you're basically saying uh, forever, I'm going to release whatever the trend is, a new one every month, which will be exhausting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you could do that as well. Yeah. Um, and so we've kind of got like, when we were planning our beers for this year, we've got like our flagships yeah. with, um, and then we plan production around those. And then we've got, so you've like, got blonde IPA pale, pale and Hardy yeah. Brown still. No, Hardy, Hardy Brown has gone to like seasonal. Yeah. Draft only in the summer and, the, and seasonal. And then Vienna lager, Vienna lager. And then we have our Rocky point lager, um, which is just traditional. Lager. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that the Rocky point lager is that in cans or it's in six packs. Yeah. Six packs, and you guys have all. So are your your flagships? Um, and I used air quote because that's really good <laughs> podcast yeah, material. Everyone can see everybody that. Can see yeah, it. Everyone picked up on it. Um, <clears throat> do you have those all in three fifty five mil, four seventy three, and bomber bottles? Yeah, and crawlers. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you manage inventory that way? Well, we use ecos, <laughs> um, and that's this is it's it's a huge pain in the ass. But it was like it's funny. Like you got some stores they yeah. Will, like it's some stores only want a certain format. And so it's allowed us to never be able to have a, have to have a conversation where it's like, well, we don't want your format. Yeah. And what, which is a conversation that yeah. ha- like I, um, I just applied for, um, uh, one time buy listing. And, um, you know, for those of you lis- listening, the, the government stores here in BC, 
you have to get your product listed. So there's a buyer, they decide whether they want it in the stores, they allocate which stores it goes in, how much they want. And then, um, but there's different buying cycles throughout the year. So you can apply for, this one's actually called their Beer Geek program. And it's like a one-time buy beer um, program. So we basically sell however many cases they want at one time, and then they put it in whatever stores they want, and that's the end of it. And um, so I applied for two, because you're allowed to apply for two beers. And one uh, was uh, our Roselle, which is our, our hibiscus wheat ale, which I thought would be good for the summer, but it's in four-pack, 473-mil cans. And I know that the BCLDB is having a tough time with the four-packs because they just weren't, they were built for bombers when the yeah. trend started to change a couple years ago. Because it's such a huge company, it takes time. And I applied for a smoked Hefeweizen, which it seems a little bit more extreme, um, but it's in a 650-mil bomber. And our, our um, sales rep, Anthony, dropped off the samples at the BCLDB. And by the time he got back to the brewery, they had already declined Royal City Ale. So it was almost like they just didn't want to do like the, the four, four packs, pack. right? And it was, it was definitely a format choice, which when you have a finite amount of space, especially that's planned as well as the BCLDB does it, you know, they operate like a grocery store chain where they're like, we only have this space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and right away, the bomber bottle I sent um, said pending decision and yeah. it just sat there for a week. And I was like, oh shit, they're going to approve this. But I, I can, I wonder, <laughs> and I want to ask um, the buyer, Dimitri, like if it was switched, if Roselle was in the 650 yeah. mm-hmm. bottle, would they have approved that too? Like, is it a format thing? Right. And, and I mean, you guys have been able to, if only they would tell us. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's hard. Right. And, and it's, um, but I like, I mean, just inventory management wise, yeah. it's, it's, you know, so for our core beers, we do that, although we're cutting out bombers and crawlers and a few of the brands. Yeah. Um, Vienna's only in bombers, uh, Rocky point lagers only in cans. And, uh, and then our seasonals depends. Like we have one listing as well. It's a, it alternates between it, the, the season. So it's typically Vienna in the fall and then our pineapple half in the summer and it's in bombers. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, BCLs do great with those. Um, so we just don't put them in any other format. Yeah. Well, we're probably going to do a limited run of four packs in the, in the half this year. Yeah. Uh, now that we have our own canning line, we because can it makes kind sense. of really easily do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then our, our like trendy beers or whatever you want to call them. Like yeah. We just do four packs. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't do the, uh, oh yeah. For, yeah. Which makes sense for yeah. that. That's what those people, that's what the market wants, yeah. right? For those beers. And then if we do like one offs, like we've got, we'll do in, in bombers. Yeah. Um, we're still set up for it. They still sell just, they're not growing for us. They're flat. They're not declining. They're just flat. Yeah. Um, and so we'll put like, you know, higher ABV kettle sours or like special like barrel aged beers and stuff in those. Yeah. Um, and that, that seems to work pretty well. Yeah. We've, it, it, it's now you have to be so much more particular with how much volume you do in those different lines. Right. And, and so they don't become these shelf turds just kicking around if you over, overdo it. Right. Yeah. Well, and like the, the, the beer style has become so much, uh, akin to like whatever format it's in. Right. Like you kind of have to really think, okay, what format, like think about when it was all six fifties and not now with, with 473 mil cans, like you almost think like, oh yeah, this beer makes way more sense in this can. But at that time when you were, people were making double IPAs and whatever and put them in six V models, bottles, it was because that was really the only like format yeah, that, totally. that people were buying. So, well, I think there's this pers- there was a perception then too that, that glass was better than a can. Yeah, right. Right. And, um, 
and I, I, I think people are kind of starting to realize that that's yeah. not necessarily and the I case. And I think that was like a real like big domestic beer thing, I think, that sort of made people think cans were cheap or yeah. whatever because that's what Budweiser and all those beers came yeah. in. Um, or at least the, the, you know, the general public consume yeah. them in. So, um, speaking of bottles, I think it's barley wine time. Oh, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. So let's, sti- uh, sticking let's with this. your, uh, your trend of high ABV beers, high in, the ABV beers in the morning. That's because yeah. I only have small taster classes. Ah, I see. <laughs> you didn't bring Oh good. It's only 14. You didn't bring me one. So I'll have to get Kevin a glass. That's okay. I can do it myself. Uh, so the beer that we have today, and I always like to pick high ABV beers in the morning is, uh, a gigantic beer it's called small batch scotch barrel aged massive 2018 barley wine well it's actually just called massive i think it's beer number 76.1 is, that, is, the, is that the percentage no it's 14.3 percent 14.3 percent so um this beer was uh um brought up to um uh we went to whistler with uh, ben who owns gigantic brewing they're their brewer and we had the gigantic uh ben and his his wife andrea up for um for collaboration brew and so we went to whistler for a couple days and he brought this whole box of all of his like barley wines and he was like we could do a vertical tasting and i was like we won't be able to do anything for the entire week <laughs> yeah. and they wanted to um um uh, they're like they wanted to go skiing and um and the day was okay it didn't look that great and we got out of bed really late because we drank barley wine and uh, so we just went to the spa instead, which is really nice. <laughs> Scandinavian spa. Yeah, yeah, the Scandinavian that place, spa. That place is yeah. the best. It's great. Yeah, I've I, never been. It's awesome. Like, it's, it's, it's um, because you know what's great about it is if you've got benefits at Moody Ales, yeah, so you can put an RMT massage, they have RMT there, oh, yeah. and you can get it on your benefits, and then with a massage, you get a free pass to the, the, the spa, the, sc- the, like, the, the pools baths, and stuff, yeah. the baths. So, like, you go, you can basically go. For, like, 30 bucks. Yeah. It's, a, it's awesome. It's Why? really good. That's good to know. How come you've never invited me to the spa? I normally like to go by myself. You want to go for a mud bath together? <laughs> I would go anytime. If you, if you said to me, you're like, hey, Jordan, do you want to get up super early on Thursday and just go up to Whistler and go to the spa for the day? I would say, yes, I do. We should do that. I would hold on to you on the back of your motorcycle. Going up, going up well, that'd, be, that'd be nice. Yeah. Maybe we just drive the car. I think, yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> no, I think that's the, the only, that's the, that's the, uh, the rule is it's you only go if you guys double on the motorcycle. <laughs> Um, so we had uh, Mike Coghill on the program last episode, and I kind of talked to him about, you know, the whole Brewer's Row thing. Um, so I won't, you know, um, go on and on and on about, you know, the fact there's four of you on a street. Um, but in your opinion, I'm sure there's pros and cons to it. I know probably overall it's a great thing. Um, what are, you know, if you could list a few pros and a few cons of, of having you know, that many breweries close together, what would they be? Cause I don't think outside of maybe Vancouver, it doesn't really exist anywhere else. Yeah. I mean like in Denver, there yeah, was in the, in the U S cool. I, I yeah. guess it does from, you know, in Portland, you mean, the same. you mean outside of uh, Vancouver yeah. in BC. In BC yeah. 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 I mean, there's actually way more pros and cons in my opinion. Um, I remember, so when we were planning, we, uh, found out that Mike was open in his brewery and yeah. he, and, uh, through the city, they kind of, said something that they weren't supposed to and we were like look we you can't give us his name but here's our number tell him to call us if he's interested right so mike reached out and i think him and us we were both like is this gonna work there's only twenty eight thousand people in port moody can i support two breweries when the skytrain line wasn't planned yet was i mean it was planned planned, it was under construction yeah. yeah so um it worked like he he opened they were busy we opened they got busier we were busy uh uh 
uh, Twin Sales opened almost exactly a year after us, like to the day. Mm-hmm. They opened. We all got busy. Parkside opened. Everyone's busy. And I always say, like, we, people are like, oh, you guys are, like, this is a great idea, mm-hmm. like, doing this. And I'm like, yeah, the only people that actually knew what they were doing and made a decision were Parkside. Like, they're the smart ones. Yeah. Like, they we, already we, saw we, what was going on. Yeah. There, we, yeah. we just, like, kind of hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it worked out. Um, lots of pros, like obviously, like especially with the SkyTrain there, people come down, they spend the afternoon, um, they hit all the breweries. Um, there's lots of options. All our staff at all the breweries, at all four of the breweries know each other. Um, we have some parties together. We yeah. do that. Like we do a big a joint Christmas party. Um, it's it's fun. Like yeah. it's a lot of fun. If we need, you know, if you need to borrow a cup of sugar, so to speak, yeah. you just walk down yeah. the street. Um, a lot of joint marketing, obviously. Uh, we try, we do a collab together every year for charity. Um, we kind of, we tag team any of the big events and we, and that's what we're going to do. That's a big thing because one of us from one of the breweries will spearhead one event. Yeah. And right. then somebody else will do another event. So you don't have four breweries all dealing with. Yeah. yeah. Um, cons, like really the, I would say it's really the only one is for the, that I can think of is the, tasting room staff because people get fucking hammered yeah yeah uh, especially like especially they start at twin sales yeah which they usually do and <laughs> yeah. they end up puking end up in our sink <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> it's happened way more than it should um i don't think that's ever happened here we've had a lot of pukers yeah. we actually have like just so you know you can get these like hazmat like puke cleanup kits from the like safety folks and it comes with like basically cat litter some gloves and a mask really yeah we've never i don't think we've ever i mean granted we are between two train lines and an overpass (laughs) yeah so yeah we don't have a lot of brewery crawl no yeah so that so that's probably a big yeah i mean it's a good and bad like have you guys had to so other than purchasing uh hazmat puke kits but you know i've like you had to implement sort of i mean obviously they're serving it right and everyone kind of abides by that but like do you guys did you have to sort of have a conversation be like okay we're gonna have to sort of handle some of these customers differently definitely and if there's a problem like we have a shared slack instance for the four breweries and a bunch of our all our managers are on there as well a bunch of our staff so there's a problem at one of the breweries instantly message goes out hey these folks might right. be coming your That's way yeah. or this is happening or whatever it is um uh we got we we work together as much as we can yeah. on that That's uh, good. because it would be silly not to um we're i don't know I, I don't know about the other three breweries but we're very like if you seem drunk like you're, you're not, not getting, getting any served, more beer yeah. right right um, yeah. we've definitely cut people off frequently yeah um in the nicest way possible yeah uh, it's a always an awkward conversation For it's sure. usually actually one person in the group yeah and you got to be to their friends like hey so your buddies you, yeah. had a yeah. couple too many like here's some water yeah yeah um and now with like the weed too like oh yeah people will be smoking weed outside the brewery and, and come in and then come in and we're like we're probably like we're not <laughs> supposed to serve you like you yeah. guys like yeah that's a whole new animal that's like, a whole new thing yeah right? yeah huh don't even get me started on there. We're allowed to smoke weed on the sidewalk, but we can't have a beer. Well, technically, I don't think you're allowed to smoke weed on the sidewalk. It's, I think, considered, like, isn't it? Isn't it the same as... It's I, the same as smoking. Yeah, so anywhere like you're you can, allowed to smoke, oh, unless okay. as long as you're not in so, like, seven near years a place or that, oh, like, children right. congregate. Oh. Yeah. So you can smoke weed at a park. park. Right. Right. Um, huh. I thought it was, like, the same as alcohol, essentially. No, no. It's a lot more liberal with that. Yeah. Like, I mean, some states in the U.S., it's different. Like, you can't, right. you know, you have to smoke inside or right. whatever. Right, but, right, right. Um, but, yeah, no, here it's pretty, 
Huh. It's pretty chill. I don't know. Smoke it if you got it. I guess so. It's outside my realm. Yeah, beer, it's expensive to get into. You think the beer industry is expensive to get into. That's yeah. a real expensive oh, yeah. industry to get into. But And they just shut you down. Huh? Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's a whole other. <laughs> yeah. So you got four breweries on the row, and then now you're going to be the dick that puts a fifth one on there. Yeah. But like, so we let everyone know, yeah. and they're all like, sweet. Yeah, so tell, right. tell us so about... We, have, we all have... Line, like, it'll be Saturday yeah. afternoon, and there'll be 15, 20 people deep at all four breweries, so... So all those people can go to the, the new project, which is the bakery, right? The bakery brewing, yeah. So where's it located on the row? It's between... It's about four buildings uh, east from Moody, between Parkside and Moody Ales. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, like, it kind of bridge... Like, we're down at the end, so there's quite often people don't make it to us, which is yeah. fine, because they probably have... Had too much by that, point. by that point. They've gotten lost at that point. Then, yeah, there. I don't like personally. I would start at Moody Ales. Yeah, and work your way up, work your way back towards the Sky Train because you don't want to make that walk when you're drunk. No, <laughs> it's a valid, no, it's a very valid. Point. That's my yeah. PSA right there. Yeah. So. start at Moody yeah. and at Twin Sales, <laughs> please. Yeah, um, and yeah, so like like Yellow Dog and Parkside, they, they're like we don't get that many pukers. Yeah, because <laughs> you're in the middle. That's why. Yeah. So, okay, so what's the bakery about? Tell, tell us what the, the premise is behind it and what it's going to look like, you know, kind of compared to what Moody is. Yeah, so the bakery is a totally separate brand and company. Um, we basically were like, when we opened Moody, we wanted to do all this fun stuff. And yeah. then now we make like Blondale and Lager all the time. Yeah. Um, and so this was, we were like, okay, we've got this space. Like we, there was a, ba- there was a bakery in the building. Yeah. Um, collaborate baking bakery, which had been there for like 25 years. Um, they closed down. And so we snapped up the building for storage. Um, but it's right on Burridge row. Um, it was expensive storage, but pretty decent price for retail front. Yeah. And so the plan was always to put something in there. Um, and we wanted a space that we could do all the fun stuff that our that we wanted to do and also and our brewers love doing we've always had a really strong small batch program yeah um we've got uh our brewers like we hire for passion so like if they weren't brewing at home they would or at work they would go home and brew or they'd come in on the weekend and brew just for fun yeah. um and so it's it's allowed us to have a really full beer board um and lots of stuff you can't find anywhere else so you just find it at moody um, but we wanted a place, there was still a ton of things that they wanted to do um, that kind of fell outside of what Moody Ales was doing. The other thing was we were not keen on having uh, wild cultures and other bacterias in the brewery. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've actually, like, in this transition pro- process, we actually had a batch that got infected from one of the small test batches of the bakery just from being near it, near a tank. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. And so we, uh, we didn't want to do that at Moody. And so we were like, let's do that here. So it's like a lot of, we, people have been sick. Like we haven't said much about it. We yeah. get any inside scoop actually. Like Ooh. people email us and text us and Facebook and all that. And we just, we're like, we just go, we're kind of silent about it. Cause, cause you don't know when it's actually going to be open. Well that, but also we're just like, we don't, we just, we want people to like, there's this like, this is like side thing, but like in the current, like 2019, 2018, 2019, like the whole, like, uh, experience of discovering something new right. has disappeared. And it goes to like, for sure breweries, like everyone, like we haven't done any construction updates, anything. We just want people to experience it. But like restaurants, everyone knows the restaurant that's coming and that yeah. they want to try it. They try it and then they go on. But it also goes to music, uh, dating. Like 
like think about like these apps, right? Like yeah. Yeah. you already know you've had this conversation with someone. Like there's no discovery when you go to meet. Yeah, right? no, that's totally fair. And so we're like, look, we want to have this. I want to like want to have this discovery. We want people to come and have no idea what they're going to expect. Right. And it's funny. I was talking to Nigel the Alibi Room because he just opened his his new place um, called what is it? The, the Magnet. The Magnet. Yeah. Um, and it was the same for him. Like he just kept kind of radio silence and uh, yeah. it's kind of cool. And Wait, so, so we were actually talking about not to interrupt, but we were talking about Nigel this morning about the magnet, uh, because it was, um, <laughs> I think, uh, I can't remember who said it, but they're like, gave Nigel a bit of a hard time cause he's always had two really successful businesses and he hasn't had to do much on social media for either of them. And, um, the person was like, you know, you might actually have to do some social media now for this one. Like, yeah. you might actually have to try a little bit, right? But yeah. I but went it, there this week. It was great. Yeah, I haven't been yet. Sandwich, Ooh. so good. You know, I'm vegetarian now. I can't have this. It's not. It's not. I mean, I the, mean if anything qualifies, as, it might be spam. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Well, it's like fried pork shoulder and like liver pate. Oh, so or it's something. not actual oh. spam. Oh, it sounds housemade spam. I think spam's making a bit of a comeback right now. I, or I think spam under the sp- yeah. theme yeah. of spam because I've seen a few different spam. Well, it was sandwiches. delicious. I highly recommend. Yeah, I, it. I would not be uh, surprised. Anyway, so we're we're we haven't really talked about it. So we're uh, uh, we're calling it like people are like, oh, it's a sour bar- barrel aged brewery, and there's going to be a lot of that. But it's also just it's mainly just experimental is the wrong word, but just like whatever Roxanne and Show want. Sounds like it's just like for fun. Yeah, <laughs> you so know, like they've like, got some crazy stuff coming out, and um, it's all been good. And if they don't like something, they just dump it because it's only a few hundred liters. Yeah, we just call it a day. Um, we're we're not doing wholesale. We are packaging some stuff, um, but it'll be available just at the tasting room, and it's allowed them to be super creative. Like, yeah, well, if you don't do wholesale, you don't have to be anything to anybody. Nope, right? Yeah. Because you can you don't have to worry about yeah. You know, it's kind of like appealing. taking. Uh, Taking sort of the, not the power back, but taking kind of it back to just the craft of it yeah, all, right? exactly. And not having to kind of adhere to, you know, all the all the kind of rules and, yeah. and, and, and pressures, yeah. if you will, of if the you industry. Had, if you had told me, like, when we opened that, you were like, Jordan, you will sell more Royal City Ale than anything else. I'd be like, you're a fucking liar. But <laughs> you would not be. You would yeah. be right. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's a great beer. And I was talking to Ben Coley about this on the first episode. Like, it's a beer that everybody likes to drink. And actually, Nigel from from Brassneck and the and the Magnet, we've been talking about so much. I definitely will have to have him on the show. But like, they came out to do a collab, and he was like, "Oh, that Royal City Ale," and he's like, "This is fucking delicious. I yeah. need this on tap at Alibi." He's like, "I just need something that people want to drink all the time, right?" And yeah. um, and there's room for that, but like, it is. It's you know, when you talk to the the, the brewery guys in in the back, they don't get fired up when they're brewing Royal City no. Ale for the you know the fifth time in a month or whatever yeah. it is, yeah. and. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so all it'll be like yeah. It's what like, format? Every single format, like Moody. Yeah, all the formats. <laughs> no, we're obviously draft in the tasting room, um, and then we got like five hundred mil and seven fifty mil like champagne style yeah. bottles. Nice. Um, are you gonna go cork and cage? Or are you gonna go cap? We might do some, but right yeah. now we're cap. We're bottle conditioning everything, um, which is something we we've never we've always wanted to do at Moody. We've never done. Like we have a beer, our special bitter, which is only available at Moody Ales. And it was going to be a launch beer, but we want, we were like, this beer is not the same when it's forced carbonated. Yeah. And so, and we just couldn't, there was not enough space or time to deal with bottle conditioning or, and so we've never released it. Yeah. Um, we can do that at the bakery. And the, the other thing is the batches are like four or 500 liters at most. And so. So you get a different system. What system do you get for that? Yeah. We got a, um, Blickman pro series, all electric. Okay. Because there was a bakery, a commercial bakery in the building. There's tons of power. Right. So the thing was 
fairly like relatively inexpensive isn't it weird how now like you're like oh, i was only 50 grand like <laughs> yeah. that's how i think it's really scary because it starts to sink into my like personal, personal life, life. <laughs> i was i was we were having this conversation i was having this conversation with our accountant the other day like if it's if it's under five thousand dollars i'm like i don't even think about it i'm like sounds yeah. reasonable to me but it I, there's no way I could ever make that decision in my home life. No. Like, it just doesn't translate. Yeah. But you're right. It gets dangerous after a while. It's like, yeah. you know, and um, I had my, I was talking to my wife yesterday about, we have our second son. We're trying to find some childcare for him because it's, uh, he's almost a year and, and my wife's going to go back to work. And, and um, it's really difficult to find childcare right now in the West for just a couple days a week. We only want him to go in for a couple days a week because grandparents, the other couple days and, and my wife stays home on Fridays. But, um, so if you're not going all in or, or, you know, for four or five days a week, yeah. um, it's hard to find. And I said to her, I'm like, well, what does it cost to go on for, you know, for every day of the week? And she told me that I'm like, yeah, well, let's just do that. And we'll only send them two days. And I was like, wait a second, <laughs> this isn't brewery Jordan. This is, this is Jordan that lives at home right now. That doesn't make any sense. And then I was like, just take them out, take them both out of daycare. We'll just <laughs> yeah. let the three-year-old take care of the baby and it'll be fine. Just it'll put be, a daycare in here. Put, we could do that now. Everybody's having babies. We could put a daycare yeah. at Steel and Oak. It's yeah. too hot in here. Well, yeah. the air conditioning's not on. No, it's true. It's not. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so to to flip back, so you're you got the bakery, and so do you find with this project that you are avoiding, you're able to avoid mistakes that you made opening Moody Ales? I mean, I know they're two very different projects, but do you kind of have that thought when you're going through the process? You're like, oh, we shouldn't do this because this didn't work, or I wouldn't want to have to go through this again, or have to deal with these problems in a secondary business. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the main reason we're not doing wholesale there. Yeah. it's That wasn't really a mistake, but I, I think given the current market, like, uh, I, will, I just don't recommend somebody opening a brewery and being like, we're going to be, you know, package focused right yeah i was talking to i, I don't do it i was talking to someone i can't remember if it was ben or it might have been and it wouldn't have been brent because 401 says no problem selling beer but um but it was you know it the advice like asking you know to give advice for for somebody opening a brewery and it was like to stay find a place that has a municipality that allows you to have a higher occupancy yeah. lounge and don't do wholesale and then tell other people to open right next door yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the winning combination. Have you ever, not to put people out of jobs, but have you ever done the math on like, if you just eliminated your wholesale side of Moody Ales yes, altogether? I have. And it would work. Yeah. We would make less money, Yeah, but it would be way easier. Again, yeah. this is why we're not doing wholesale yeah. at the bakery. Like it's funny, like the, um, so I have this conversation all the time. Like people see all the people coming in the door and like, we're busy and we're selling all this beer and people are like, Oh, you guys must just be rolling in it. And it's like, <laughs> well, no, like we're not. It's a, it's a tight margin business, yeah, yeah. especially when, especially like, when it comes to like glass, like glass sales, you know yeah. I mean? That's you're not making a whole lot well, glass sales in here in like in the taste room, you're making cake, but yeah. like, yeah. but I mean, selling draft beer to no. restaurants right. and pubs. Yeah. For, no. yeah. And distribution is a massive headache. And it's where we were talking about this is like 90, 95% of our, our problems come from getting beer to customers. Right. Um, whereas in the lounge, they just come to us mm -hmm. and then we pour it yeah. and then they give, you know, they pay for it and then we're, we clean up some puke and then we're good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you want to open a brewery. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I hear of people being like, Oh yeah, I'm going to get, you know, a 30 heck brew house. And yeah, I'm just thinking, Oh shit. Like, especially in like, we were lucky enough that we opened in, you know, 24, 
2014. Yeah, 2014. And like there wasn't as many of us back then. And so we had more media attention. Yeah. We had more social media attention um, because they're just, you know, it was a big deal yeah. when a new brewery opened up. And I can't even keep track now. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, and I think it's, you know, it's obviously going to get even more difficult for everybody to find wholesale shelf because it's not like they're opening more liquor stores. So, no. you know, it's, um, it's going to be what it's going to be. And even if they did, it wouldn't help. There's just like, there's a finite market, right? So, yeah. 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 So mistakes. Yeah. That was, we were avoiding that. I guess it's not really a mistake. We just made a conscious decision not to do that. Other than that, it's actually taken four times as long to get open. Um, Is that just because of building permits and stuff? Yeah, or? the city's kind of grown up a bit, so we had to do some things differently. But we're also, like, we have a contractor, and there's we had to have an actual, like, an architect and all the mechanical drawings, and there's all these extra inspections. And, and we're also spending a bit more time on the look and feel this time, yeah. and there's a lot of decisions that have to be made, and you only get to make them once kind of thing. Um so, yeah, I don't know. I'm, it's different. Yeah. It's funny. Like, and we've, I've screwed things up. It's like, oh, like I knew we had to put that sign up out front for our lounge license. We should have put it up six months ago. Yeah. Put it up now. And now it's going to be really tight to get right. approval yeah. for our opening. Like, why did we do that? Or forgot to send the floor plan to the health board of health until the place is already built. <laughs> right. But I also know all the, I know all those rules. So I'm not too worried about it, but yeah. it's like, so we're still, I mean, it's got its own, we're running, we're running to other businesses at the same time as building this place. So it's, you still forget things and mess yeah. things up. So. so yeah, I know. And you mentioned you're running two other businesses cause we didn't talk about that other one yet, which is kind of funny because we talk about the frustrations of wholesale. So you went and decided to open up a, um, a wholesale distribution center. Yeah, Although that makes it sound bigger than it probably actually is, but but yeah. what did no actually it's pretty big, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I mean it's it's big enough that it's a thing we have to think about. Yeah. Um, what made you decide to open up like a, a third party kind of warehouse and distribution company? You know, sometimes things just happen, and then <laughs> six months later they could have happened differently, right? Like, I mean, I don't get out of bed going, "Oh man, I can't wait." to deal with <laughs> distribution issues distribution today <laughs> um in all fairness dan does most of the uh overseeing over there and we've got a uh reed who's like our gm there and he basically runs the place um but we so we had all our beer at the bakery building um and we were like well we're gonna open a brewery there so we got to put our beer somewhere yeah there was no space available. Um, we looked all over. We talked to, we have a couple buildings on Murray Street, Port Moody, and we talked to one, one of the landlords that has like a bunch of his like personal stuff in there. We were like, what do we got to do to get you to move all this stuff out? Yeah. We just needed a space for the cold room, right? And it just wasn't happening. Um, and so we found this space over by North Paw in Poco. It's like three doors over. And it's huge. It's like 6,000 square feet or 7,000 square feet. Um, and so everything was happening so quickly and we needed a spot. So we're like, okay, we're just going to do this and we'll figure it out. Yeah. So we wanted to basically, uh, not have to go to one of the other, like, um, like distribution. Companies. You can say direct tap, yeah, like DT or DT. So like direct tap or district transport. Right. Um, and for a bunch of reasons, but mainly we just wanted a bit of control, but we, we wanted to find a way to like, su like subsidize our, wholesale operations the delivery yeah. side and so we built a big cold room um like 
2,500 square feet or something and or 3,000 square feet. Can't remember exactly. And, uh, and then we started bringing on other, we have a few other breweries that we distribute for and it's full. Like yeah. we actually have, <laughs> so the, the problem we had last year is we didn't have enough space in our cold room for all our beer that was in inventory. Yeah. Um, well now that we're running a business, the first beer that gets pulled out of the cold room is Moody's beer. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we're really selective about what goes in and we're putting like an AC unit in so we can keep that like pretty low yeah. for beers that like move quickly and are kind of less acceptable to um non four degree storage or whatever yeah. it is um yeah so that's how we got into that you know fast forward the building next to us like the landlord wants to lease the whole thing to us now and it's like <laughs> are you gonna do it probably but for different reasons right yeah but if it was like oh man where were you like a year ago yeah <laughs> yeah we, like, we could have saved ourselves a lot of money it's not cheap like build a yeah. big cold room and no it's rack not and everything cheap, yeah. like um yeah, so now that's a, you know, that thing's going. Like, we're yeah. drivers and headaches and, yeah. Yeah, we would have been, like, I know we quickly mentioned Direct Tap, and, like, we would have been screwed at Steel and Oak if it wasn't for Direct Tap mm-hmm. opening up and, like, being able to um, store, like, we, you've seen the cold room here. The yeah. cold room is smaller than our tasting room, and I don't know what the hell we were thinking when we did that. We're like, did we just, well, you direct, didn't. direct Tap didn't even exist then, and we're like, well, are we just going to put all of the beer in here? That's not going to fit, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and... Um, and thankfully, like, I mean, direct tap kind of saved our, our butts, right, for a while. And then that's, we were lucky the space that came up across the way and we were able to put a big cold room in. Yeah. And, but I mean, even still, like, it's, it was so expensive to do. And, um, but we were definitely desperate. We had to do it. Yeah. And now we're out of space again. Like, the cold room we've been able to manage pretty well. Like, we've got our, our, you know, our stock levels pretty dialed in of what we need. Yeah. But, um, we also have two loggers that we do all, you know, right. all year round. So like, you know, it's actually shit, three loggers, simple things, red pilsner and dark lager. Yeah. And so like we only brew them once every six weeks. And so we have to keep stock to last that long. So it gets full quick. Yeah. yeah. And people forget that, like how much, you know, a lot of beer is volatile and it needs to be, you know, taste better when it's stored cold. And, and so, you know, you have to make sure that you've got almost twice as much, three times as much space to store all your shit than yeah. you do to brew beer, right? Which also means like three times as much money because what people, they don't see when they come into Steel and Oak and you guys have a lineup out the door, right? Yeah. 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 Well, they don't see the 150 grand in inventory sitting across the no. street. Yeah. And that's, that's all the money that you could like use to pay for your kid's day- daycare. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you don't get to because you ha- you're growing and the more you grow, the bigger that number gets. Yep. And yeah. it's... Um, it's just sitting there. It's like just sitting on the warehouse floor. Just, yeah, do you know, I literally look around. And yeah. I'm like, that's stacks of money. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty crazy. That's yeah. all the money. Yeah, we had a <laughs> yeah. we had a long hop contract last year that we had to bring up, and that we'll use the hops, but it's the same story. It's just sitting there yep. waiting to get used, and I'm like, oh shit, you know, it turns what's like you know was a pretty you know positive cash flow year for us into something that's you know that just kind of took us back to where we were at the beginning right yeah. just because of inventory and and you're right people it's real easy to look at we I had the same conversation with Ben like oh you guys are doing really well I can get your beer everywhere and I can you know you guys are busy in the tasting room and but like all the costs go up too it's yeah. it's you know and and people want raises or they want their jobs improved and but there's only so much beer that we can make and yeah. it's it's definitely a, a fine balance and and you know you're right the margins are slim especially with the wholesale side yeah. so um, I know that's something that we definitely you know I've been paying a lot more attention to this year than previous years just because we are at max space we don't have any more room so now we have to get as efficient as possible with where we sell beer to yeah so which is nice because at least it makes allows you to have like 
a decision of where you're going to go and you can know how you're going to get there. Um, but it also makes you, you know, you make certain decisions, like you say, on a whim because uh, not desperation, but you need to at that given time. Yeah, yeah, but no it choice. may not be the best long-term decision. You have to fix it after yeah. time goes on, right? Well, it's funny, like uh, this all conversation and some of the previous conversations we've had with different uh, brewery people is, you know, it sounds like the the basic everyone has almost the same thing when it comes to the idea of opening a brewery and it's literally the business plan is to open you know yeah. so the business plan is to open a brewery and the thought process is we're going to make beer and we're going to tell people it, will people it. will buy it yeah. and and you know and that that happens but then once that happens then all these other things start to come into place and then that's when with growth comes and like you said all these added added costs but you know it's trying to lead to more sales and you know yeah. it's this cycle but it, it, it's funny that the the general theme i've kind of heard from different people we've talked to so far is that you know it's it's hey let's open a brewery this will be fun and you get to that and, and it is like obviously i think we're still all having fun i wouldn't want to do anything else yeah much fun but sometimes too much yeah. fun sometimes in denver for you guys especially but, yeah um but yeah no it's uh it's just kind of an interesting as as sort of uh as an outsider you know working for the brewery but not not being a part of an owner of a brewery, but sort of hearing everybody's uh, stories, it's kind of like there's definitely like a common, uh, yeah, common, theme common theme through, yeah. yeah, which is good because I mean it's it's kind of a neat industry that way. You know, we, um, you and I, Adam, go on that that BC Brewery Owners Retreat now that we've done two years in a row, and go down to Bellingham with 15 other people, and all who will likely end up being on the show at one given time, and and but it's kind of nice to have that group where everybody's kind of even though we're all at different sizes everybody still has the same problems just at different scales right and um so it's kind of nice to not know that you're like alone because a lot of us it's for a lot of us it's our first ever business that we've run yeah so you don't actually have any like wisdom or um you don't have any you, you just don't have any experience so you don't know what it's supposed to be like so i think sometimes it's easy to like over panic over something that's you know that can be solved over a long term, right? Yeah, you know, totally. you're like, I know with us, like weekly, I, I change my mood on how things are going. But then when you look at things on a, you know, when you kind of take a step back and look at on a, a broader scale, like, like you said, like we're smoking busy, people yeah. love our beer, um, you know, so all the other things could be fixed. Could you imagine if we weren't busy and no yeah, one liked our beer totally. and, and then we had to fix that problem, right? Yeah. And, um, so, I mean, it's, it's easy to bitch and moan about these little things, which are, you know, can turn into big things. And when you're operating a business with small margins, like you need to be able to make sure that you pay attention to everything, but it's often hard. Like I find to like lose the, the overall, you know, not vision, but like just to take time to step back and be like, you know what, we're actually doing the right things. Yeah. We just need to dial it in. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. So what would you say is the hardest thing about running a brewery? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it's I mean definitely the distribution like I've said it already right like the distribution side is it's not rocket science but it's a lot of headaches yeah so it's the most frustrating part yeah um our staff are great um so but you still have like you still have little issues there sometimes with um with things it's not too bad for us like we've got most of the same staff since day day one most people stick around um yeah like uh, like, if you look at what we're doing with the bakery, you can tell what. Like, yeah, what years the first like part? Distribution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I just like I just tell when people are like, "Oh, can I talk to you about opening a brewery?" I'm like, I just tell them, "Don't package, or if you're <laughs> gonna do it, like just do enough to sell at your front door." Kind of yeah. Thing, so, mm-hmm. although I would say there's on the occasion when it's like a rainy Tuesday or something, and the taste room is dead, and I'm like, "Oh, thank God, somebody's selling beer today," <laughs> right? Like, and I know that's not really necessarily the right way to look at it because it's you know they're you know they're they're selling beer at a much less lesser margin, but. Um, it is kind of, it is almost, I, at least from, it's different for us cause there's four of you on the row and like you guys are always really, really busy and we're granted we're always busy Thursday through Sunday, but those other three days we're like, Oh, I'm kind of glad that we can, you know, at least get the word out yeah. there or, or almost market to people that like, yeah, we're around so yeah. you can drink our beer. And then I often wonder too, like, does the wholesale side, do you think bring people in? To the taste room and it might be different for depending on the brewery because you guys are more of a destination just based on the fact that you have the row um you know where i think we're definitely a destination for people from vancouver on the weekend but we're very much a locals joint yeah um so you know it is kind of nice to just have that that plan b in the back of my mind where i'm like oh if this all went to shit you know we could still distribute beer and, and make it yeah. work it would suck but but you guys well and the, the big thing for you guys versus someone opening tomorrow is that you opened in 2014 14, yeah and we've so had time time you've you're established in in those accounts um and people like your beer and all these yeah. things right you open tomorrow like that person now has to figure out a way to take a tap from steel and oak yeah unfortunately because uh, there's a finite number mm-hmm. um and what i mean what I, i'm seeing and what you're probably seeing now is versus four years ago is like what a lot of newer breweries are doing is they're buying those taps. Yeah. And so that's something that we've never done. And, uh, most of the breweries that opened around us, like try, I think try really hard not to do. Yeah. Um, and it's unfortunate, like that's where the market's going. Right. Cause there's yeah. desperation. So I just yeah. want to interject one thing though. I feel like we've had all the breweries on that say that nobody buys taps. We got to get somebody on that buys taps. <laughs> I want to have that conversation. I'll give you a list. Okay. Yeah. They'll no, never, I'm, they can't, I'm, they'll I'm never, actually, they'll never admit want, it. I don't want to have them on, but I just, it's, it's funny cause I, everyone we talked to, we've talked about that a couple times yeah. and you know, I think it's the right approach but everyone's you know that we don't do that but it's there's, curious yeah like there's know. so for for us we look at it two ways so um someone's like i oh you want to be on tap well i need you to give me every eighth or fifth keg free and it's like no like our kegs are already priced yeah, accordingly yeah, yeah, exactly. like what are you paying that other brewery okay well our you're gonna work out to the same amount so yeah. um they, we just price our beer fairly right yeah um and then there's other op- uh, other items where or times when it's like a liquor store will be like hey we're gonna we're gonna do a display we're gonna put you in a flyer and everything um we just need like a deal on the on the cases and i look at that and go okay well that's a marketing spend to me like sure. i'm either gonna pay them a couple hundred bucks or i'm gonna like discount a case here or there and it's right. it's the same thing and that kind of thing we'll do because i'm like i'm getting a benefit for it it's just yeah. not cash going into like a bartender or manager owner's pocket yeah it's yeah. a very different conversation and so I, I don't mind spending money on marketing yeah i'm just not like if you opened a bar or liquor store and you have no way to be profitable other than to get me to give you cash yeah. to put in your pocket you shouldn't be it's not going to work long term and, and that doesn't it doesn't happen in other no. businesses you know i mean you don't go to other i don't know you just don't approach them and be like hey we'll we'll do that but we'd like some of it for free you know it's like no i mean it's weird right because like we you would if someone was buying oh we're gonna buy 500 kegs over the year yeah 
I wish, right? Right. Be good, be good <laughs> but like any other business that all of a sudden was going to be like your top customer, you'd be like, well, I'll give you like a discount. I'll give you a deal yeah, for that. Yeah, no, it's true. But in beer, there's two things. One is we already price our beer accordingly, but mm-hmm. two, it's heavily regulated and that's actually illegal. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I think that's the main thing that yeah, people forget is it's you, you're not allowed to do it. Not yeah. allowed to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, but you're right. In any other business, you know, there is volume. You would negotiate. Yeah. yeah, for right. sure. Fair. Yeah. So what's the best part then about running a brewery? Um, it's a lot. I mean, it is a lot of fun. I mean, it's yeah. stressful, but I mean, it's like any other business when you get, you get to a point where it gets a little, like things start running themselves. Yeah. Right. And, uh, that's, it's awesome. Like working for yourself is pretty good. It is. Um, it's fun going to all the events the people like i mean other than i mean you guys <laughs> just kidding. um right. like I, I honestly didn't expect to make so many friends yeah. like and like, i knew that people were good and i'd have a bunch of you know brewery acquaintances but like i've got a bunch of really good friends that have come out of doing this yeah. um and part i always think about this i'm like Part of why we all like each other so much is because when we see each other, we're drinking heavily. Yeah. <laughs> Even this morning at yeah. 1030. <laughs> yeah. That three ounces kind of yeah. well, I mean, got warm in here. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I noticed. Like all those beer events. So it's. Yeah. It's well, it's, it is fun. And I think too, like it's, we become friends, right? Yeah. Which is great. Like, you know, as we started this podcast and this is episode five, um, like obviously I bring on the first few to kind of, you know, get, you know, warmed up and, and. I don't want to say practice because I like to think I know what I'm doing a little bit. Um, but yeah, I've heard some podcasts out there. I definitely know what I'm <laughs> doing a little bit. You just started listening. <laughs> I did just start listening to podcasts. I'm actually not a podcast guy. I don't listen to podcasts because I don't commute. So, right. yeah. so like, I'm like, when am I going to listen to a podcast? Yeah. And, um, but anyways, the, you know, I've had all my friends on, right. Yeah. Which is great. And it's, it's nice. Like, I feel like, you know, we do become friends and like, it's great to have, you know, similar conversations about business, but, you know, at the same point in time, like, you know, like my, my son was in the hospital with, uh, he had asthma and, and you're like, Oh, how, and you asked me twice. You're like, how's Jude doing? How's Jude doing? And, uh, Michael from category 12, he was trying to get in touch with me about, um, some occupancy stuff he's going through with, with Victoria or Saanich and, and uh, I told him, like, I'll get back to you next week. I'm just in the hospital with my son who's got asthma. And uh, and then he's like, oh, my kids had that. And, like, people, yeah. like, it's nice. People generally care, yeah. right? And um, and so it's kind of fun to be able to be in an industry where you actually enjoy, like, you're excited when somebody's like, if I'm like, oh, Adam, you going to Denver this year? Yeah. You're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, great. I'm glad we get yeah. to hang out. This is awesome, right? Like it really is, like, you talk about the craft beer community, but it, it in other industries i don't know if it's it would never be the same it would no, never be the same it's uh no. yeah it's a pretty cool thing so like it it's like how often do we talk about like really specific parts of our business that any other competitors yeah. would not divulge and, yeah. and that's the thing like sure we're a separate city we're yeah. still distributing in the same province but we, we do that with like yellow <laughs> dog know? twin sales yeah yeah like yeah. We're, we're talking about things to do with a tasting room where we're directly yeah competing, competing. Quote unquote, yeah and it's like oh well we're just helping each other out yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is which is great, and yeah. I think I mean this because there's still more market for us yeah. to to get right. I think most I'm gonna say most people that I know in craft beer in BC are really they're just good people. Yeah, right? and they work really hard and they care about what they're doing and they're super passionate about craft beer, and that's probably why we all get along. Yeah, and alcohol. Yes, it helps. <laughs> so I want to finish it off by asking you because there's four breweries on Brewers Row right now. If you could get rid of all three of them. <laughs> In which order would it be? <laughs> so if you could get rid of Twin Sales, Parkside, Yellow Dog, 
and you could imp- you could put in three three other breweries. So you're not allowed to pick the guys that are already <laughs> on the row. So you don't have to feel bad about that. You're not allowed to pick Steel and Oak. So you don't have to feel bad to me. What three breweries would you like to have alongside you on Brewers Row? Huh. Wow, that's a good question. I haven't really thought about that. That's uh, why I asked it. I'd probably just go, like, honestly, it would come down to, you know, the beer, but also who I want to hang out with. So I go, the, you know, like, well, I can't choose you guys. Well, I mean, sure, you can choose me. <laughs> if we just say you guys would be default. Because, okay, like, okay. Know, but we'll choose three others. So the guys at Four Winds have always been awesome to us, like, even when they really didn't have to. Like, they, like, <laughs> I showed up with uh, Dan and I, who showed up on Brent's first, like, uh, bottle conditioning packaging day when he had promised to give us a tour and he's like pulling his hair out because it's not going well and uh, um, yeah so those guys are just a lot of fun yeah. there's been some wrestling in the brewery with them I've seen it uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, probably uh, Pal Street yeah. Dave's awesome um, plus he would have barbecue for us would all have, yeah, the time yeah, yeah. Um, and I would probably well, this is, like I'm gonna let now everyone's going to hate me after this. Well, three people are really going to like you, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. Third, third one. So I, this is like, I would probably actually have the, uh, like Justin and Karen from red track work down the street for me. Cause they're, yeah, cause they're, they're great. fucking hilarious. Yeah, they are great people. You just got to yeah. watch out for Justin when he's drinking. He gets a bit handsy. He does. He's kissed me before on the lips. <laughs> he's done worse to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a whole other part right. of okay. <laughs> Yeah. I would definitely choose based on like, I don't know. It's, it's hard to choose. Man. Yeah. Like I like hanging out with so many people in this industry and, yeah. uh, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. Justin, Karen are great. It would be actually, and you know what? Justin also and his his wife they have like uh, they'll set up like a lemonade stand yeah. in their house, but with margaritas. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, they're, they're great. Yeah. All right. That's, yeah. Well, that's good. Okay. Well, I'm glad I don't have to answer that because there's nothing around us but a Kermit collision boy <laughs> auto body. And so. if you could put three other breweries next to you, <laughs> if I can, I would just pick three. I would just take three breweries at this point in time. So <laughs> any three? Yeah. Well, maybe not any three. Let's steal an oak two. Steal an oak three. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, Red, well, I want to say thanks a lot to our guest today, Adam Crandall uh, from Moody Ales, uh, for being on the show. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. 